You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Locked On Indians. This is your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. After the fun non-tender deadline yesterday, we then had the continued rumors about the Cleveland Indians and Francisco Lindor. So let's just start out talking about that. Francisco Lindor is a superstar. He is one of the best players in baseball. He is the best shortstop in baseball. Francisco Lindor has two years left on his contract, at which time the Indians would net a draft pick if he left. Francisco Lindor is extremely valuable, and teams want him, and teams are going to call on him, and the Indians have to consider trading him because unlike pretty much every other recent uh, player the Indians have had come up through their system, Lindor rebuffed them at every turn when they tried to offer him a contract extension. The Indians have gone out of their way to get those extensions in on every young player. They offer the market rate on those. It's not like they're out there being cheap about extensions. If they were, they wouldn't be able to sign the players they've signed. The fact that they keep being able to sign these guys is because agents trust them and they they offer um, a good contract. You can go out there and look at what Ronald Acuna Jr. got from the Braves, which is absolute highway robbery. To see the other side of things, the Indians were fair. They offered Lindor uh, extensions at multiple points. He did not want that. He wanted to hit free agency as quickly as possible. I've gone on record saying this multiple times. He bet on himself and he won. There's no other way to put it. When you sign one of those extensions, you are getting more money up front to give away more money at the back end. Lindor is going to hit free agency in his 20s. He's going to be the rare guy to hit it in his 20s while playing a premium position. And someone's going to have to back up the Brinks truck. He's going to set an amount of money that we've really rarely seen. This is like when Harper hit free agency last year or Manny Machado. And I want to point out that Bryce Harper played for the Nationals, who also offered huge contracts to Max Scherzer recently, uh, Patrick Corbin. So, you know, it's a team that's active and they still lost their their star. We've heard about other small market teams struggling uh, to lock up a star like the Chicago Cubs and the Boston Red Sox. Yes, I'm kidding. They're not small market, but my point is this is not just the Indians who have this issue. This is across baseball. Yes, a team like Boston losing Mookie Betts is kind of beyond belief. They have the money to go out and sign anyone in free agency, but they don't currently have the money to uh, sign their MVP star player. By the way, taken in the same draft as Francisco Lindor, and he's going to be a free agent a year earlier. These guys are hitting at their prime and we'll see what they get. But just like, you know, Betts bet on himself, uh, no pun intended, Lindor did the same, and he's going to reap the rewards. And because the Indian, everyone knows the Indians can't keep Lindor. Like, that's just a fact. The Indians can't keep Francisco Lindor. And it's sad, but that's how baseball works. Um, top talent goes to the big market teams. That's it, it, They're the only uncapped league, and it is set up in that way. So guys can absolutely break the bank, and Francisco Lindor will leave the Indians in two years. His value is going to peak this offseason. He's going to be worth the most he'll ever be right now. It doesn't matter what he does in the first half. He could be hitting 400 with 35 home runs at the end of July. He would have had more value as a two-season rental. Uh, Actually, his value can only go down if he gets hurt or struggles at the start of this year. So the Indians are in a position, and it's, it's, I don't blame them. I don't think they're going to trade Lindor. I don't. I don't see a trade happening this offseason. There's just too much going on. 
to make a trade for Francisco Lindor. But the Minnesota Twins have some money to spend, and they really haven't been that active in free agency, and they have a stellar offense. Chicago White Sox went out and signed one of the top hitters in free agency and are the favorites for Zach Wheeler right now and are supposedly also chasing Jock Peterson. The Central is going to get a lot more difficult, and if the Indians go into July and they are eight games back, if they're struggling to be 500, let's say they're even uh, you know, five, six games back in the wild card, they're going to have to take a long, hard look and consider a Lindor trade at that point, just like they kind of did with Bauer. It's going to be a very similar situation for the Indians, um, and it's not going to be a teardown, and it's not going to be prospects. It's likely going to be help now, and there is one team that I think makes the most sense for a trade with the Cleveland Indians, and that is the New York Mets. So let's talk about the Mets real quick. Uh, the Mets are supposedly trying to shop some of their bad contracts right now uh, to get some salary down, which is odd because at the same time, they've got close to $100 million coming off the books after this season. So if they just hold tight, $100 million off the books. And who's going to be a free agent at this point who's a core member of that team? Uh, you know, they went out and they made their trade for uh, Stroman, which basically helps them cover for the loss of Wheeler. And when you look at the Mets lineup in general, they're not a team that uh, has a ton of holes. They need a center fielder. That much we know. They're, they have some good depth on their, their bench, uh, some big names, some big money on their bench. And then when you flip over and want to look at their, their starters and their pen, you know, DeGrom is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Noah Syndergaard, Marcus Stroman, Steve Matz. Fifth starter right now on roster resources was Walter Lockett, who you might recall was uh, traded to them uh, for Kevin Ploiecki last year from the Indians after the Indians acquired him from the Padres. Bullpen, Seth Lugo was really good a year ago. Uh, Jairus Familia, not so much. Uh, Edwin Diaz, they paid a lot to get him. That didn't hasn't worked out so far. Uh, Justin Wilson was all right, and you kind of go through Robert... Gesselman's one of those guys you kind of thought would move into a, uh, a role for them. Now there's two ways we can approach the Mets. Um, one is to look at them as a Francisco Lindor trade partner. The second is to look at them as a, they could use a fifth starter with uh, Zach Wheeler leaving and them having flipped uh, Vargas in season and kind of having an open spot and having not a whole lot of depth in their minors. They've really kind of picked away at their minors the past few years through trades, um, noticeably, notably the Stroman deal, and then uh, drafting some guys this past year that were very far away. Um, and then their other upper prospect guys were, of course, traded away in that uh, Edwin Diaz deal. So why would the Mets want Lindor? Well, uh, they have an interesting young shortstop, former top prospect in Ahmad Rosario, Lots of years of team control. You don't have to worry about him becoming a free agent for a very long time. And he was a solid shortstop. But he's not Francisco Lindor. Um, I posited on Twitter, imagine if the day after Garrett Cole signs with the Angels, because I think that is where he's going to end up, the Mets turn around and trade for Lindor. Like it's, They win the headline that day. And you look at the, the Mets as a team... There is a world that they could trade him for Jeff McNeil and lesser pieces. Um, the deal I brought up was Dom Smith, J.D. Davis, Ahmad Rosario, Edwin Diaz, and then maybe you would include someone like Jed Lowry to the Indians for Lindor and Zimmer. The Indians uh, kind of take back 
a little salary in it, oddly enough, in that. But they have the ability to to add some salary. Jed Lowry can be a, a utility guy for them. Uh, if not, he's out at the end of the year. Dom Smith could play first. You move Reyes to the outfield. J.D. Davis could play third. And eventually, when Nolan Jones is ready, um, Luplo and Nolan Jones could form an interesting platoon where Davis is playing third some days and outfield the other. Uh, we'll talk more about kind of all those guys in detail. But that was that was one of the deals I looked at. And then the other deal, as I, I stated before, it's Jeff McNeil and, and probably a lesser piece, maybe to help balance some money out, someone like uh, Edwin Diaz again. Because two years ago, he was one of the top relievers in baseball. The Indians, um, with what they can do with pitching, could feel like they could fix him. And if you fix Edwin Davis, you take a guy who's, maybe near a net negative asset and you turn him into a monstrous value asset um, just by helping him get back to where he was you buy low sell high it's an ideal situation for the indians now there were a few players in particular that I talked about that the mets might be willing to give up a good player to get rid of a bad player uh jaris familia he signed with the mets uh in last year in 2019 he made 6.6 million his contract has him making just shy of 12 million the next two years and he gets a one million dollar bonus both of those years if he gets traded so he's going to become a 26 million dollar player uh the indians paying a lot of money to reliever that doesn't work let's move on their guy's jed lowry jed lowry was hurt last year the year before that he was an all-star got a top 20 mvp vote very productive hitter playing all over the infield short second and third base why Lowry is much better than Familia is Lowry's contract owes him $10 million next year. And that's it. There is nothing after that. It is a one-year $10 million um, contract. That is what he's owed. That is something the Indians could swallow $10 million without issue. That also balances out uh, what Lindor is like to get uh, in arbitration. He'd probably get a bit more than that if we're being honest. But we're not looking at a Lindor deal. That's just to kind of go back to that old point. So if you look at somebody like Jed Lowry and the Indians absorbing some of that $10 million. Now, the guy who keeps coming up is Dom Smith. And I like Dom Smith. I think he's a great candidate. Former really high draft pick. Took him a while to develop. Good defender. Smooth hitter. A little bit unproven. And then the problem with him is he's mostly first base only. So I want to keep going back to J.D. Davis. Now, why would the Mets trade J.D. Davis? That. That's actually a really, really good question. So let's talk about how we can convince the Mets to trade J.D. Davis. Now, if you followed me on Twitter, you know I've liked Davis back to his Cal Fullerton days. I will also admit, while I did give him a first-round grade, I was much, much lower on his teammate, Matt Chapman. So while I hit on Davis, I very much missed on Chapman. Davis, uh, I talked about him quite a bit today, if you saw on Twitter. Uh, Doc Herbert, who's a Braves blogger I've known through the years, retweeted... uh, the baseball savant data on J.D. Davis. Let's just take a second and talk about that. So his sprint score is a 37%. Not great. And I only bring that up because that's that's the only negative to talk about. In terms of exit velocity, 90th percentile a year ago. Expected batting average, 97th percentile. Expected slugging, 91st percentile. Expected weighted on base percentage, 92nd percentile. Hard hit percentage, 91st percentile. So he is just clubbing the heck out of the ball. He did have some shifts in his swing um, to help him get a bit more. He did, you know, he'd been with the Astros the previous two years, had gotten some limited 
opportunities. This year was that first extended look, and boy, did he ever take advantage of it. Uh, it was a strong season. He's not a great defender at third or outfield. Would be better than Reyes, I think, in either spot. Always had some raw power, and we're seeing that there. If you didn't see his numbers this year in 140 games, he had 22 home runs, a 136 weighted runs created plus, a, uh, you know, his OPS. His bat pip was, uh, was a 355, so that is where the concern is. That is where you're like, okay, so yeah, he hit 307, but you're looking at maybe 60 points of regression, so he's maybe closer to a 240 hitter. But you're, again, you're looking at the power potential with that, and that's that's what stands out. You can deal with below average field, both in outfield at third, um, with the the power that he's going to produce. He is a switch hitter, I want to say yes. Um, and the other interesting thing is he will be arbitration eligible in a year, but uh, because he didn't get uh, extended looks with the Houston Astros. You're going to have him for 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, four years. He's essentially a super two guy. And you're getting all of that control. And he can be, again, someone that you could, uh, the fact he can play third or outfield and did play both kind of opens things up with Nolan Jones, who has struggled to hit lefties in the minors, and with Jordan Leplow, who has been dynamite against lefties uh, in the majors. So... That you know, it's the same reason I talked about Brian Anderson of the Marlins. It, it offers that ability for the Indians to be creative. So, let's just go over to the handy dandy baseball simulator and see what the valuation is of Davis and uh, Judd Lowry. And yes, I realize it's Jed, not Judd. I apologize. But uh, Judd Lowry at a negative six point seven, Davis at a five point or fifteen point one. You're looking at a valuation between those two players combined at eight point four. Uh, Davis is going to make in the league minimum. So the nice thing in one of these deals is, uh, depending on what the Indians send out, it's essentially like if you had added uh, Jonathan Villar in free uh, after he was released. Yes, the Indians are going to take on $10 million. And maybe it's not tied to the player who's going to start, but they're taking on that amount of money, which is about the going rate we've seen between guys who have been let go in free agency. Like, uh, you know, well, Yomar, Yomar Sanchez, I think, was closer to six, but... Uh, Cesar Hernandez, the Phillies, who's another interesting name, was I think expected to be in about that range as well. But so that again, eight point four. Now the Mets do need a starter, so let's look amongst those Indians kind of tier three starters and see who makes sense, who nets an eight point four, and let's see if we can find a deal that works. So uh, Plesac, Zach Plesac, is valued at about a seven point seven, so that is about a point lower. And so the idea here would be Plesac, uh for Lowry and Davis. The Indians help the Mets clear salary because, you know, New York needs help clearing salary. Uh, the Mets get a fifth starter who they have multiple years of control of because, again, Stroman's going to be a free agent after this year. So while they did trade for him, he's, he's essentially a year and a half rental. Who knows what they're going to do with some of those other arms. But they get a guy who's a long-term fixture for their rotation. The Indians trade away a guy who's not even guaranteed a rotation spot. Uh, they get a guy who can be, you know, a part of their future, playing a split role. And with the .7 differential, uh, they think that that would be one that would uh, would clear. So would I do that in a heartbeat? Uh, the Indians are adding $10 million in salary. 
But again, for everyone who wanted Jonathan Villar, it's the same money. It's that $10 million added. In this case, it's to get J.D. Davis, who you get for four years of control as opposed to the one year of Villar. And yes, you lose Plesak, but again, this is a team where let's look at the starting rotation. Uh, Kluber, Carrasco, Bieber, Clevenger. Those are kind of you know the, the likely candidates just in terms of performance and money owed. And then after that, you've got Saval, Pletko, Plesak, uh, Logan Allen, Tristan McKenzie somewhere down there. Uh, the wealth of arms is just there. So it, I think it's very easy to move on from Plesak. So, yeah, this is the type of deal I love. Now, could we expand upon this a little bit? Or could we offer a better arm and see what more the Indians could get? Absolutely. So as mentioned before, the Mets' biggest hole is center field. So I think the site overvalues Bradley Zimmer a little. Uh, gives him a 9.3. Actually gives him more value than Plesak. Now, Zimmer before injuries kind of robbed him of the last year and a half. And let's be honest, I, I mean, he's just been hurt all the time. So it's hard to judge his value. But he looked like a potential plus defender in center with plus power. Um, I think there's legitimate concerns, though, when you look at him and you look at his brother and the just inability for either of them to remain healthy for any extended period of time. But still, if you are in the Mets and you are looking to maybe cut some money but still get someone who could potentially fill in and be an above-average center fielder for you defensively and hit for power, that's Bradley Zimmer. And he still has values. He's still a former top prospect who has had success in the majors multiple years of control. So keeping Plesak there, just because Saval is, has a more value, let's be honest, at this point, and the other side of it, Adam Pletko probably just doesn't have enough. Uh, we leave Plesak, we leave Zimmer, and then what we have the Mets uh, giving up is Lowry, who is, again, a negative asset the Indians agree to take on, Dom Smith, and J.D. Davis. So this completely kind of changes the Indians' infield. Uh, but in some pretty phenomenal ways. Dom Smith will not be 25 until June. You're going to have him in-house through 2024, uh, also arbitration eligible in a year. So same deal between him and Davis. Both guys, you get four years of control. In terms of what the Indians lineup would look look like post a deal like this, is Smith at first, Santana at DH, uh, Davis at third, Ramirez at second base, shortstop is Lindor, Perez behind the plate, center fielder Mercado, uh, Reyes in one of your outfield spots, and then the other one is Luplo. Maybe platooning with Daniel Johnson. Maybe you let him uh, try and hit every day. But that, and then you just, I mean, the lineup is going to be phenomenal. And then when Nolan Jones is ready, again, Nolan Jones and Luplo are going to make a, kind of a natural caddy pair in their own way. And we'll figure out where Jones goes the same way we'll kind of figure out where Johnson goes the end of the day, this just gives you flexibility. It gives you the ability to let guys try and fail. Not every prospect is going to work out, but it's setting the Indians up to have the best chance of success. Judd Lowry essentially replaces Freeman on this team uh, for the next year, and maybe you know another deal can be worked out somewhere with, the, with somebody like Chang or Arroyo, who are kind of pushed out. But I mean, this is a deal that, that really, personally, will get me excited to do. Um, for the Mets, why are they doing it? Well, they get rid of one of their bad contracts, which is a goal. They uh, they trade away from depth. 
it is Davis. When you move Davis out of their outfield where he's projected to be right now, you instead move Nimmo back in, who has been a strong performer. Dom Smith isn't even projected to start at this point. He doesn't have a place on the team. So the Mets move one of their contracts. They get a starter. Um, Plesak just goes right in. And they could tentatively uh, pencil in Zimmer in center field and make a big deal about this as a buy-low candidate. This is a 30-home run guy who could uh, be one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball. So there's a lot of reasons they could sell that deal. And there's a lot of reasons the Indians could buy that deal. And the Mets, because of their overall depth, the fact that Dom Smith does not have a spot on this team, even though you pull up his numbers, you know, he had a 135 OPS uh, runs created plus a year ago um, in limited action. He had a near 10% uh, walk percentage. Let me pull it up here in front of me. Uh, 9.6% was the walk percentage. A runs created plus of 133, weighted on base of 368. I mean, he was just, he was a strong uh, player. There's no other way around it. And there, there's, this is a top prospect who's a little bit undersized, who took a while to develop, who, because he's first base only, his value has been limited. It, he's a perfect guy to buy medium on uh, a year ago to have been buying low but he performed well in limited action this year so it's kind of more buying medium on him you are absolutely buying high 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 on jd davis uh average regression is going to come but the what we saw with the hard hit percentage and everything else he is going to hit for power that is going to continue to stick around that ability is there so the indians flip a Injury-prone center fielder, uh, Greg Allen can kind of fill a similar role as a backup uh, outfielder on the team. They trade a solid starting pitcher with good bloodlines, who's currently in line to be about the eighth starter for the Indians. And they get uh, a bad contract, but it's only for one year. And a guy who can play a lot of positions where if you're going to have a bad contract, it might as well be someone who has flexibility. And they get a first baseman and a third baseman slash outfielder who can help this team for the next four years. So, yeah, you know, like I said, the Mets, I didn't even talk about Jeff McNeil, who's maybe the most underrated player in baseball. Pete Alonzo with the year he had. A lot of interesting pieces with the Mets. The minor leagues are atrocious. They are terrible. Um, They do have some interesting guys up and coming. They could rebound relatively quickly. We'll have to see what happens there, but especially since it has now been floated. And, you know, I talked about in-season, the idea of taking on bad money to help get more talent. The Indians are set up in a situation now where the, the payroll is as low as it's been in recent years. They should have the ability and the flexibility to add. So go get talent and get that talent at the by being the team that takes on salary and then use your depth to expand upon it even more. Uh, yeah, this is going to be my, my absolute favorite trade idea. There's no way around it. Because the Indians give up two guys who are not being counted on for them as integral parts, but for another team could immediately step into, like I said, fifth starter and penciled in center fielder. And they could get two guys who look like they could be central pieces of the Indians for the next four years. So sign me up now, please, Cleveland Indians. I don't ask for much. Call the Mets. See what they think about this trade. If you have to give up, uh, you know, another small piece or two, go for it. If you can get Davis and Dom Smith, uh, I'm going to be a very happy Indians fan. Thank you all for listening. Uh, I finally got to talk about the Mets, so we are going to switch over to the AL. 
where you know Baltimore certainly just got a whole lot less interesting. Bounce around to teams like Seattle and such, who we uh, definitely should keep in mind. But uh, as always, thank you for listening. Again, if you listen on Stitcher, please go specifically there, leave a review. It, it's always painful because when I type Indians, Lockdown Indians, that is the first thing to pop up, and it is that two-star review. So I would appreciate the, someone who uses Stitcher giving us a better review. Help, help that not look so ugly for us. Continue to listen, rate and review, tell a friend. Um, we've kind of gotten a little stagnant, so I, I need some help. Help bail me out, people. Uh, as always... You guys are what keeps this going, though. So thank you. And go Tribe. And go Tribe right now and trade for Dom Smith and J.D. Davis. Please. Pretty please. Please.